If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and it's time to get lost and rewound. No, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and it's time to get lost and rewound. Hello, and happy Earth Day. Welcome to Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn, the audio archaeology that comes at you every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. On Lost and Rewound, it is our mission to listen to the sounds of the past and learn a little bit more about how we got from there to here. And if you're intrigued by what you heard this hour, hit us up on email, lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, without further ado, we have a lot to unpack in this week's luggage. Uh, very special guest joining me for this edition. I am privileged to be joined by two gentlemen that I'm uh, um, just as well privileged to call family. Uh, brothers, uh, Eli and Saul Jakobowitz, who are my uh, second cousins, originally from Vermont and uh, now based, respectively, Eli in New York City uh, here in Brooklyn and Saul out in Somerville, Massachusetts. Is that correct? Uh, it's Arlington. 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 I know nothing. I'm sorry. Arlington. Arlington, Massachusetts. Welcome to Lost and Rewound. Uh, Eli and Saul Jakobowitz. Thank you. Yes. This is great. This has been like many years in the making. I've been I, I'm pretty sure at many a family reunion in the past, I have bugged the both of you individually about being on this show, because uh, for one, I feel like I've always just wanted to pick your brains about music um, just because the both of you have constantly been collaborating with each other and, you know, with many a projects over the years. Um, I feel like the culmination of this came when I like I know you were, your parents were there and my parents were there to see a show uh, at uh, Matchless, uh, R.I.P. Matchless in Greenpoint. You and your old band were playing. Um, was that Little Hustle or Butchers at Bakers? I forget what it was. Uh, I actually don't remember, but that was that was a good show. I, I missed that place. That was really sweet. Everybody was in town for some family event and got out like uncles and cousins and, and people who like usually would never come to a show or never get a chance to because we don't go out west much, you know. So have you gotten a chance to uh, do any performances over the, the years uh, uh, since uh, becoming a dad? Have you been uh, involved in some uh, music? <laughs> Uh, I have been so out of music things for for years and years. Yeah, I, I am embarrassed to say, like you know, my musical world has been reduced to like Disney soundtracks. Um, uh, what, do you, what do you mean reduced? Sorry, uh, inflated to include. Um, <laughs> I'm, I feel like uh, I'm getting there too. I feel there is a future of Disney in my you know coming it's, very soon. It's surprisingly unavoidable. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, oh, I remember it was what, everything. My my first kid, he he was a little baby. He we you know we're like we're not gonna be a commercial at all with it. You know he's gonna be an indie kid, and he got so into Mickey Mouse when he was he was like three or four months old. He's like, I love it. Like he's like it's his favorite it's thing ever. Like something oh, so great. insidious. Uh, yeah, for months and maybe years, we we managed to. Um, to tell my oldest that um, she, she once got a sticker with Mickey Mouse's face on it. And we ended up calling him Sticky Mouse. And um, we made sure that she knew that he was named Sticky Mouse and not Mickey Mouse. 
That's amazing. Um, But that said, I mean, there is a a certainly a plethora, uh, an archive, if you will, that uh, has accrued over the years um, of your of your stuff that uh, uh, listen, I mean, I I don't even know where to begin. I'm first of all, you sent the show so much music to the point that like we're not even going to have time to get through more than like a handful of it because it's just so you have such a rich history with uh, recording yourselves. When did you start recording yourselves playing music and what instruments were you playing at first? Uh, I would, I definitely have some tapes of me like playing guitar in high school on cassette, but we didn't, we didn't try to, it was really, I think it was when the computer really unlocked it. Right. That, oh, for me. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I remember like we had a tape recorder. We could hit record. I remember with like Jesse like eight, seven, eight, nine years old, like recording the radio, singing along with it and pretending we had a radio show, like that kind of stuff, um, which was just goofing off and like pretending that we knew how to do anything, but like, it was fun. And it was, you know, to be able to like record your voice and hear it back. Um, but like nothing. There was no like production value to that. Cause, cause you yeah. couldn't multi-track. Exactly. And like I was, thing, yeah. yeah. So like, so, right. So back in the day, I was starting to explain to these guys, my, my convoluted process, you take two tape decks and record, you know, use left and right and left would be the existing tape that you play in and right would be your new track. And now you bounce that down to mono and then you put it over to the other cassette. That's all you had until, until like the mid nineties. Right. And then it became possible and I, we must've cracked that software um i remember what was it <laughs> but oh, yeah but you you, but you, you could just add track well yeah we had sound edit which uh that's that's now like that got legacied into audacity which is a oh really okay yeah which is like a great freeware multi-track yeah. editor it's what i've been using to edit the lost and rewound program for five years now <laughs> there you go um i'm in handy but yeah so like yeah at some point in the late 90s i would say we both had computer setups that could run multiple tracks. And the essence of Saul's high school and college and beyond band American head was this uh, pastiche audio cut and paste kind of stuff. That sounds like negative land, but I don't think you guys knew about negative land. In, so WRUV, the UVM radio station had a few shows that were just like weird. And there's a guy, I think Kevin Hoskins was the DJ's name. And I remember maybe my senior year of high school, after you were already off to college, I remember recording the, like just having tapes and tapes of his shows and that negative, that one negative land track, the, um, the, how many time zones are there in the Soviet union um, just blew my mind. And yeah, that opened up this like world of like, this is, is this something I could do? Like you could take these just recontextualize sounds and make them your own. And there was sort of this, this weird combination of like, there's this world of music that like, I want to exist um, and I can make it exist. Um, but right, I think Negative Land opened that up. But we were playing around before that, cutting samples together and, and recording our voices and being goofy and- Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was, I was using that for, for more straight ahead music too. But of course, if you can't hear the track you already recorded, it's really hard to play along with it. <laughs> yeah. at, at one point, I remember I, I did a song where like, halfway through this huge like synth bass comes in and I had no idea how loud to make it. So it just like was really <laughs> stupid loud. And like, I, I kind of liked the way it came out and Saul, you're like, you're never going to make a song like that again. <laughs> like that's, there's no way Blowing you would out do your that ears. <laughs> Yeah. But it, like, it was cool. It seems like you guys uh, 
were very it was very impressed upon you from an early age uh, what you were listening to on the radio. Do I have it right that uh, college radio was pretty uh, big in, in, in what you were listening to to kind of get you to that place creatively? Well, yeah. So like we're we're from around Burlington, Vermont, and if it was that it was like country or classical or pop or college radio that was there was no like slightly cool stuff to listen to it was only like college kids and what they thought was cool i don't know in like there was like an alternative station that may have popped up after you left that for was college. My, after my time and i was like this is awesome <laughs> alternative um but yeah like the, there was there was college radio you you went off to college eli and found a world of lo-fi like self-recorded or just like in the, the world of indie rock right like that yeah all my, this my, awesome music that was that, not this being... that, that blew my mind this is so this is okay where'd you go to college I, I went to hampshire college and okay. uh my girlfriend at the time had a cool taste in music but this was like before you could find cool music on the internet i have to impress that upon you and your listeners like we she had the ajax records catalog which would you would mail away and they would send you a tape and hopefully you liked it Uh, (laughs) you have a tape um and they had the mountain goats and sebado and crucially guided by voices which to this day is my favorite band um yeah that blew it open for me not not to like stress on like how cool the lo-fi was because they also are a great hi-fi band but like but that that's what made it accessible was that that like crappy sound and like you can hear through the crappy sound a great song like yeah that's one of the so, reasons so why John Darnielle for me had, well always from a very early time when I started listening to him admittedly for me in college much later after you guys had already moved on uh admittedly I, I was really taken by that lo-fi sound because um it really required me to focus on just him the sound was tertiary and secondary to just the content of what I was actually listening to. So it is really cool that that impressed upon you to create music of that same variety. Yeah, um, and the two of us would come at this from different angles, uh, I think, because Saul is much more of like a art guy. Always something kind of high concept about that. Well, I think at that point I was less interested in like learning the foundations than just like ripping things up and just, you know... Am I allowed to swear on this thing? As um, much as you fucking want, dude. Come all on. Right. Um, yeah, just fucking around and, and see what sounds could come out. I skipped past like building the foundations and I went straight to tearing things apart. Like, yeah. um, Hey, you have to learn the rules before you can break them. So. No, I, I skipped that. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Bardsaw and uh, I was actually telling Eli uh, just before the interview began, one of my strongest memories of visiting you at bard was seeing you do i think it was your senior show i can't remember if it okay so could you uh enlighten me what 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 did i see i mean that was 2001 um and i i you know i turned my love of music into like this is what i'm gonna do at college i'm gonna study electronic music and i put a lot of effort into like building my own instruments and effects pedals and i did this thing um the old Nintendo power pad is basically just like a four by four grid of pads and uh, built a little box that converted the Nintendo pin input to MIDI. Um, so it was essentially just like a MIDI input that would trigger different sound effects. It was basically like, a, a you know, an input for, for triggering different sound effects. So I had that plugged in to my computer. I had some like surround uh, speakers doing more ambient 
sounds. I had hooked up sort of a software sampler thing and manipulated everything through max MSP. Like there was a lot going on. I think I was trying to be heady about it, like trying to make it all like, Ooh, this is my, you know, try to be of my a, own, uh, American heady about no. it. <laughs> nice one. Um, you know, I wanted it to be fun, but there was also a lot of pressure to make it serious in a way. Like you're at college, you're doing your final project, right? Um, and so, serious, like, serious, and like in that it had to have some kind of conscious uh, 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 concept behind it in order to be relevant. Yeah, yeah, it couldn't just be whimsical. Um, and I, I was very like that was my vibe. Mm-hmm. Like this sounds fun. I'm just gonna throw it out there and 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 mess around with it it's just going to be fleeting and like here's a there's a lot of just like one minute long things that i was really into and this i was trying to make into like a 25 30 minute long piece like that all that cohered in some way um i think i was trying to build together some kind of argument for uh treating people well like i don't even remember what the content was (laughs) but like like, I, i i love academia and like i spent a lot of time working in academia and it i like using my brain for that but that just you're just biased towards western classical music and you Mm -hmm. think things should be thought through first and not improvised and therefore something that it just can't be as good which is ridiculous like i don't know it's the where, where i cross over with that is i went through this phase where i was writing one or one and a half minute um pop songs but just making them up and i did a whole record uh fish monkey yes <laughs> each each one of those like i had i had maybe noodled on the guitar for five minutes before i started recording but i didn't have a structure ready and i just sang and made up words and made up a structure and i'm not saying it's good but it's an it's an exercise all right and like it's a, some weirdly good things come out like we, maybe we can play later uh, one of those songs yeah I, I, um, actually we could play we could play one of the uh subcontinent tracks now that that cd you just mentioned is featured uh amongst many of your cdrs from uh the early subcontinents days uh on your bandcamp subcontinents.bandcamp.com um but the the track that you provided uh from those days uh this is a track called no time is that from that cd or that from that period of time no this is this is one that's not in in my catalog and uh uh, maybe it's just because I'm old, but I don't know when that I was planning to re- release. There's a whole bunch of songs that just never got out per se. And there it's, it was in there somewhere. And this is one where for sure, I had no idea what I was doing before I hit record and all the lyrics are made up on the spot. I've got no time to be late.
What did it feel like hearing that for <laughs> must have been the first time in how many years, right? Uh yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's over twenty years old for sure. Well, uh do you have a question, Saul? Yeah, the, so the, I didn't recognize the name No Time, but there were like pieces of that song that got turned into a different song. Yeah. And so this that, was the ver- this was like the first version that's Yeah, just, this must be like the demo. Uh, you could definitely hear me like making up what chord comes next and what yeah. <laughs> word comes next. It's got a little what what are who are vegetarian patrons of the clan? That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even make sense? I, but uh yeah, yeah, like I don't know. It's kind of it's mildly embarrassing, but maybe less embarrassing than something that I had tried really hard on <laughs> uh, and represented my best work. Probably that's like where I was coming from with that method. It's just like, well, I can't be embarrassed because I didn't, I just made it up. <laughs> that's uh, nothing to be embarrassed about if you're just on the fly there. I mean, I think yeah, that's and well, impressive. That, that's, well, that's, that's the thing. Is it like, uh, I, I also had been discouraged from, uh, considering improvisation as something finished right but it's a good technique i think and some interesting things come out and and sometimes what you're looking for in music is not something that is like polished it's something that is emerging that is that is its own vibe do you come across the same sort of approach there Saul, as eli with that regard when i like approach music i um at least for american head and a lot of what what we were doing back then. And I say we is me and my friend, John. Um, John uh, Bronson. And John you guys Bronson. are still, there's still a chance that some American head material might emerge, yeah? Uh, in in this process of finding old stuff, realized that I actually did have all of the old albums um, and shared them with John and he got super psyched and motivated to start making music again he's also got kids and is doing a lot of other things too so yeah we were just sort of noodling around like finding funny samples this is musical the way this person's voice comes along let's chop this up make it into a loop throw some oh it sounds like it would be you know something else would go well on top of this we have this other sample over here and we just piled things together um and we we had no concept of multi-tracking as as in like let's play this back while we play over it we were just like when we did when we tried to do stuff like that we were like just kind of guessing like yeah this is about right like it's about right now here you just re- record it was very just improvised as far as like we're just going to throw things out there and then after we recorded we could go back cut things up put them in the right place like we were actually physically sliding the thing you know sliding this chunk of of sound over here and adding you know effects to it to get what we wanted because you sent so much music, I got a chance to take a look yeah. at all of the American Head album titles. Um, I won't <laughs> say all of them, but I feel like the ones that you uh, provide tracks from are enough are already so very good. Uh, let's, let's talk about from the album Christian Science Reading Rum. Uh, <laughs> Even goodies. I think it might have been a, a New Year's, Eli. You were there. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember this because American Head was always very happy to have people drop in and just do whatever yeah. on their records. And it was as open computer policy. Um, <laughs> kind of like an Elephant Six Collective kind of thing in it, some ways. We, we, we fancied ourselves uh, <laughs> artists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, well, and it was the same with the, with the basement studio that we went. This, this is a total tangent. We'll get back to the Christian Science Review. <laughs> Let me just tell you one time. Uh, this, sure. The craziest thing that happened was... So we had we just had an open basement policy. So I would like start a song and then I would come back like the next morning and I would find that one of our friends had been to the house, 
recorded something on that multi-track i liked it <laughs> it was just like it was just weird like sometimes it was just it was a collective process and so one day there's a knock at the door i had just graduated college but i felt like an adult um but obviously i wasn't and this like 16 year old pimply kid is like we heard you have a studio can you record us and i was like uh yeah that yeah that sounds good um, and it was at like a seven-piece ska band <laughs> and they came down to the basement it took a full day because i had no idea what i was doing i didn't have enough microphones for everybody like oh god but we we did we we recorded a, a single for them <laughs> oh man i had completely uh, forgotten about that it's uh, the weirdest thing and i i want to get in touch with those guys they were they were actually cool and they were they were very patient with me as I figured out if I only have one microphone to put on this whole drum set, where do I put it? <laughs> um, but anyways, so speaking of um, uh, us being flexible, we, we decided that we were going to do American Head Unplugged, which is us making mouth noises as we walked around downtown Burlington. So all do you remember? It was, yeah. it was on, uh, it was on like on uh, church street, right? Yep. And then we, somebody just started saying Chris, Christian science reading room. <laughs> it just had a, it had a rhythm to it i bet that was john or yeah oh, totally yeah and then we all jumped, jumped in and just started room. i mean I, i'm pretty sure he was saying room but i heard it as rum and that's what the album it's great it's great i um, i have a christian science reading rum around the hood from where i am yeah um around the block ethan goodies uh so there's no ethan in 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 the no. in, in the band uh, you know, I my memory is terrible. Um, and there was a kid who was in Adrian's class, Eli. Maybe you can mm -hmm. remember his name. His, his, his oh, first no. name is Ethan. His last name is something. Apparently, he had a bunch of just audio samples. And like now that I listen back to it, it it's literally just like a bunch of like, um, you know, sound library CDs kinds of samples. That's um, awesome. But we were like, this is amazing. There's like crying babies. There's like uh you know car horns traffic like whatever else we could get our hands on like these generic samples they were scarce um, at the time yeah yeah i mean it wasn't something that you could just google right um so we, it was really exciting to have this like trove of of wide range of like clean samples um and so we went through it and we just like chopped up and put together and and you know made a song out of that so that's what ethan goodies is all about there there you know i think there was some recordings some like organ stuff that that this this guy ethan had recorded so we just uh sampled liberally from those samples that adrian got from ethan awesome let's take a listen <laughs> the following program is intended for mature audiences <laughs>
Poor old cat Misty. Aww. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to include her in that recording. That was far yeah, out, yeah. man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, how charming is that, right? Like, it's just, it's like, I don't know. There's just, there, you can hear that, like, one, one thing you can hear is, like, the excitement of somebody discovering they can do this and, like, put these things together. And the other thing is, it's like, it's a fairly sensitively selected, it flows. You know what I mean? Like, it has a... It hits you over the head and it's like, oh, sorry, I hit you over the head. And then it's like, it's like, oh, let's, hit, let's change pace here. I find it very charming. I did too. I, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks before. And then it uh, let me down softly like a, like a floating feather. It was, and, and all the while telling me one thing in one ear and telling me another thing in the other ear. And that, I, I like that. that. That's a really nice effect. It's like it's forcing me to like focus on both things at the same time. And also a reminder, we didn't have any idea about compression or like <laughs> mastering or anything. Sure, yeah. sure. But I think that's the visceral nature to uh, creating uh, soundscapes, if you will, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you noticed it, but I, it sticks out to me like a, I don't know if it's a sore thumb, but it, you know, that, that cl alarm clock, like the, the clock like tick, 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 is like the rhythmic background to the guitar. And uh I don't know. I was taking classical guitar at the time and I was like, I'm going to do my own little thing. But like lining up the classical guitar rhythm with the clock rhythm was like not quite right. So at some point, like the clock fades out because it's, nah, it's not, this is not actually synced up. And then it fades back in and it's like, this is better. This is synced up now. <laughs> is something similar uh, to expect in the second track of yours uh, from the American Head this, uh, catalog? The this album. One, yeah. Um, so This Provincial Life is Killing Me is later. Um, it's a great title. Thank you. That's not the name of the song, but that's still, I mean, a killer album title. This is one when, like, John and I were both off to college, and we were just sending each other tracks when we were be able to make them and, like, contributing to, to each other's work. But this one was, like, came out fully formed, and I didn't touch it, and this is all John. Um, but, yeah, I don't have any much insight into the creation of this one, but, like... Oh, okay. Um, you know, this is one that John made and is, like... Uh, I don't know. It's one of the best American head songs that I know. <laughs> it's uh, something that you could still take credit for in some capacity. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, well, we, yeah. we definitely like bounced ideas off each other and took creative energy from each other. Um, and I don't know. It's it's one of my favorites. This is also one that Eli picked out. So uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, sorted out my my radar for who did which one. I guess <laughs> uh, it's all good. This is uh, this one's for you, John. Wherever you are, it's called God. <laughs> Ah! Uh -huh. 
it's amazing. <laughs> it's just, I, I've never, I would have never thought that the, the the kind of stuff that I'd be playing on this show would have just been so varied. But goddamn, man, that that stuff just is. It's killer. It's killer to hear. Because when did that even come out? That was like what, like late nineties, early two thousands. Two thousand one, I think, was this provincial episode. Just, that, that sounds right. Yeah, that 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 brings back. It, it it reminds me of a certain technical piece of the work of putting these together, which I got to help out with sometimes. Which is that there was no such thing as tempo mapping. Uh, so if your loop was just a few samples too short or too long, you would have to go in, like maybe every few bars, and like yeah. fix it and get it back on the one. That one sounded just like 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 one of those where like I remember it's all in your dorm room. At some point, like there would be a song that was halfway done. And I'll be like, okay, you guys go take a break. I'll, I'll like make these books work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I was hearing in there that some something similar where uh, to that point, Eli, where he, I guess he was trying to uh, sync up the tempo to Never Tear Us Apart by NXS. And it wasn't quite there. Like he would cut it out when it was not really cut it, when it was not really there, just to make sure that he wasn't sounding to, to, totally out of whack. Yeah. Uh, so I caught that. It was really great. Yeah, I think there's like a sloppiness that we embraced and we really like it. Like, you know, we didn't want it to be too polished. Like the idea of you coming in to like clean it up. Like I never, we never wanted it to be too clean. I remember one time, it reminds me of another story from, from your dorm room, which is we, we had a Burt Reynolds sample <laughs> and, and we uh, had a competition to see who could make the best song out of it. <laughs> And uh, it was the sample. I don't remember. Like, it's the thing I, I would love to dig this up, but like, but we each took like, you know, 15, 20 minutes to like yeah. try to, to make a song. And like, John's was way by far the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, just, he's got a great knack for that. Um, but I, I did get to, I get, did get to put the, uh, the topper on it by naming it uh, Reynolds Rap. Nice. Oh, that's so good. Um, <laughs> we, we got so much mileage out of, um, there's this guy Harold Camping, who just like uh, evangelical like um, Christian. Uh, he just put out tapes, and if you called his number, he would send you a tape. Um, and I don't know. There's he did the the tone of his voice and the stories he told were, were just great for sampling. And we also did a bunch of like Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, um, of course, of course, made made it into a. I don't know. There's a. Um, a good chunk of time where I was just like, this guy's awesome. We're going to nab all these samples. I remember like you, you guys would go to garage sales. Yeah. Like there's a whole like ecosystem of like scrounging that feeds into. Yeah. There's these like um, cassette tapes that came with action figures. Like that is a genre that we're like, oh, we're that's. <laughs> yeah. All the in. way. Stick around for there is oh so much more. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. There's this track called Sergeant Crabbo that I do believe, if I am correct in assuming this, the two of you are playing on this. Is that correct? Yeah. Incredible. Okay. Let's Eli, set, you set to it up. The background, Eli. You yes. Oh, I actually I don't remember, but I just remember John was being mean at some point <laughs> and yelling at us. 
Was this part of the regular records compilation? We we need to we need to say a little bit about the uh, distribution of this material, which is that okay. there, we we had we had Crandor with something, and then Rodnark with something because it's Crandor backwards. And anyway, we we settled on eventually we had we settled on QQ Quantity Records because our main objective was to put out as much material as possible it's such a good title q q q quantity so much quantity quantity and (laughs) all of the american head albums are subtitled album one of 40 album two of 40 album three of 40 we only got up to seven but um it could still happen yeah no no you you got something in there okay and so uh what what Uh, instruments are you yeah what you're saying so at so at this point we we realized we needed um do you so record labels used to send, especially to radio station, they would send like a mix of their hottest artists with their singles and like attempt to make it flow together so you could listen to it as a record sort of. But it was more like a promo for like, if you like this band, you might like this, these other bands because that used to be a thing. Um, and we decided we needed one of those, but we were not going to go to our existing material. Instead, we would make up new bands uh, and then each one of them would have a single and then they would all be different. So Sergeant this is one of, one of them, yeah. <laughs> All right. And, and this involves like real real drums and real guitars in the basement studio. Sar- Sar- Sergeant Crabble. I'm Sergeant Crabble. It's time to get your kids in bed. god who is the one who's doing that and what inspirations is that was that john was that eli was that Saul? i love this i'm gonna listen to myself because i haven't listened in a long time <laughs> you're 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 both dads now and all i'm just imagining is you like either one of you being like i'm sergeant crabbo time to get the fucking bed kids <laughs> yeah that's that's john yelling okay so what you're saying is, is that he is the one who gets to be Sergeant Crabbo. To he his is kids. Sergeant Crabbo. Okay, got it. He would he would often be the instigator of the silly ideas. I would think <laughs> it, it's really it's out there, man. But it, oh man, is it good? This is this is great. Um, I'm so excited that we're listening to all this. Look, th- there's, I mean, like. I wish we could spend the whole hour just like listening to all of this because I feel like there's just so much and all and a lot of it is not very long. So it's like it's possible, but there's just too much to cover, gentlemen. Um, let's let's talk more about uh, where if somebody, uh, Eli, uh, wanted to listen to more of your songs, because there's a whole plethora of it, uh, as we mentioned, that's subcontinents.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Um, Saul, is there anywhere where somebody could listen to uh, Old American Head at all? Or do you, you, you wiped it? You wiped well, it you off know, the face I, of the planet. 
when we first started this conversation, I was worried. I was like, these things are just gone. You know, the I have um, hard drives somewhere where like they're firewire connections and I don't have any way to connect a firewire hard drive anymore. Last time I spun them up, they didn't read. Uh, so I was, I was prepared to say like, well, I guess these things are just gone. Maybe somebody's got a CD somewhere, but we found them and Eli's been pushing because we are going on 20 years <laughs> from when this provincial life is killing me was put out and Eli was pushing me to like do some kind of like remastered version or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remaster them. If, if you're interested, just, uh, just keep searching the internet for American head. So, so maybe <laughs> we'll put them up on Bandcamp. I don't know. I, I, we, we have copyright clearance issues. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what the best platform is going to be for this, but uh, SoundCloud, I, who knows? I, I swear this, this, this will become available. I'm going to, I'm going to remaster and uh, at least the first, the first six, and then you guys can go from there. Far out. Are you excited to hear more sounds from the past? Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Well, when well, I was, I be uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you should. Um, but uh, how really excited you should be, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, so in 1988, there was a family reunion and Uncle Ira um, uh, was there. Uh, previously with, mentioned. Yes, previously mentioned Uncle Ira uh, brought his video camera. Uh, you know, he was a gearhead. He was a tech head. He wanted to record the whole thing for posterity. And there was a lot of family there who were all together for the very first time. I think it was actually uh, your first time being at my house uh, with, you know, your parents, Dave and Linda. Um, and I, it was the first time I had met them. So it was really my first time meeting a lot of family because I was uh, six um, or yeah, I had just turned six and um, my sister was but a babe. She was like two. Um, and you guys want to say if I have the years correctly, Saul, you were 12 and Eli, you were 14 or is it 10 and 12? I'm trying to remember. How old were you guys in 1988? Would it be, it would be eight and 10, huh? Yeah, eight and 10. Yeah. I'm excited to play um, a number of uh, if sounds. Here's December 30th, 1988. Hi. Um, I am, but I did it again, Eli. As you tossed that ball to me, I had it on pause, not on play. I'm not too good at this thing.
picture uh it's basically a, a, a dog pile as i think they they call it these days um <laughs> literally a literal dog pile on top of your father there um there was a dogs, but yes <laughs> no yeah They're just well okay this is actually a, a a perfect uh sort of a segue um you guys uh are Actually, I guess, Eli, you do have a son. And then, uh, Saul, you have daughters. Uh, yeah, like I was thinking in, in that clip, you were probably about around the same age as my my older kid. Yeah. <laughs> Is he six now? Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be six next month. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And seeing dad, like, he's he would have been 46. Yeah, he looked pretty good. A little, little like, gray in the, in the beard. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, he's, he, he's a hipster. He's, like... <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 I remember his fashion always being like sort of like uncool by Vermont standards, but like looking back, he, he just was a, he, he did his own thing the whole time. He was he was cool. He was managing to carry three uh, kids on and on get, his chest. It's like at what point yeah, while you kicked him? <laughs> yeah, I totally was like, I think I was just completely uh, like getting caught up in the whole moment of like older boys getting like being older boys and being like yeah. you could do that <laughs> yeah i got like, like take it too far and cross the boundary <laughs> absolutely absolutely far too far too much there it's just far out to watch just since uh i remember at one point actually you were like come on along get on <laughs> like you're encouraging me saul to do to continue uh in the onslaught yeah what well, good is a pig pile if you can't just jump on well, you know, were you guys like that a lot? You know, just as was it just like the general energy and the excitement of being, uh, you know, not at home? Or oh, did no, you guys? That was, that was the way we were. We I think we were all over each other. Um, yeah, just wrestling. And, I don't know, physical. We hurt each other. We had a, that sort of dynamic where we would get on each other's nerves, but never like separate. Right. Yeah, no. We, all we needed was to spend a little time apart. <laughs> we just like hang out all day, get so annoyed at each other, and then like you would do something to piss me off, and I, I would chase you around. Yeah, and then you would get like way too hurt. <laughs> In that uh, clip, I found myself being more closely connected to dad than than myself. Right, seeing myself in my dad in that situation, getting you know jumped on by two kids is my my life. Right. 
Um, <laughs> and pinned down and tickled. Yeah. It's so nice to get that perspective. And I, as, as I was watching this, I was just thinking my future, my future, this is happening. But also it's, it's been your present and it's wild to be seeing. No, I mean, I, I can only imagine just like what it must mean for you guys as fathers to be seeing that kind of energy um, on display, you know, recorded for posterity. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's 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 where we get our style from. Yeah, let's keep listening. Let's are watching for us, but listening for the listener. Why don't you do it? This is my wake tip up to everyone. All these kids live here? No. Daddy, my son, Daddy, wander up here. Daddy. Okay, I'll get up here. Hi, my father uh there in that clip uh apparently the three of us uh, didn't get the picture uh from the night previously with your dad that uh we should stop uh trying to pile onto each other we were doing that on an inflatable mattress and then my father very calmly just like swooped in and just like took the air literally just popped the air out of the entire scenario much less the the mattress itself definitely spoiled the fun <laughs> i heard i heard our mom say say something very mild but directive which was i don't know it's, I, I, it's just just a little it, you should probably pay attention to that you know just like that kind of thing where like i was i could see myself definitely hearing that even though i didn't want to or like i was distracted but she she always has the gentlest little like by the way she's like the voice of reason oh my god your mother uh is, is so the voice of reason in that she's like it's probably a good idea just to stop did you did you hear what my mom said in, in the previous clip she's like does do any kids want to go outside <laughs> not, not like you guys are clearly going nuts and need to go outside and run around just like hey in case this applies to you in case this strikes your fancy speaking of, speaking of kids <laughs> yeah well that was what was so cool about what you guys were doing because uh i mean there is a point in time i think during this video where um both cousin matthew my sister and i are on the swing set outside which we'll be seeing in a second um but uh just as well uh i mean you guys had this stuffed penguin um you were just throwing this penguin around all over the place inside outside it was just like tuxie was the star of the show i forgot it was called tuxie <laughs> 
that's yeah it was it was wonderful um so it's just wild to be seeing like okay this is how we're going to explore we're going to go walking around and just videotaping uh, ourselves running and climbing and getting good scenic shots we have uh just a little bit more let's see what we got right. here it's on oh oh <laughs> hi we are outside on the deck of Robin and Carol's house. It's a bit chilly out here. I'd like to show you what's over here and then we'll see the rest of the things. Cameraman? Okay. This is their sunroom. Lots of junk in there. We're not going to look in there long. Um, out over here, well, that's a swing set. That's a nice place. Um, we, hey! Okay, um, we're gonna, we're gonna see the side yard now, in just a sec, okay. This is the side yard. Um, has lots of rocks, you look down, there's a wood pile. Yeah. At some point it's gonna run out of film, and probably stop and start to rewind, bring it back in then, okay? Okay. 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 Well, this is a big hill with lots of rocks and stuff on it. And now we have to take a break, changing cameraman. Just gonna film some stuff here. Hello, this is Saltico Witch on on ESPN. And now we have just seen the side yard and the backyard. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's unpack what we just watched. First of all, um, the last thing we just saw was uh, you eating uh, some bird seed and saying it was very good. Yeah, apparently I liked it. I mean, maybe it was. So at first I did like a stand up uh, reporting live from the deck. Yes, I did not have much to say. You could tell I was just making that up. And then Saul did one and he was on ESPN. Yes. Which well, I- that heightens. That is better. Yes. And then for some reason, I decided to do a slow pan down to his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice. I like to see those striped socks. Uh huh. Well, the shoes are cool too. Fancy high I tops. have to ask: Is ESPN a acronym for Eli Saul something? Oh, mm. maybe. If if we were really smart, then because, yes. Because <laughs> we didn't have cable in 1988. But you would have known what ESPN was. I, yes, probably. But like, actually, we didn't say anything about it. I don't know. When we moved into our new house. Right, so we moved at one time when we were kids, and yep. I was eight, and you were six, or something like that. And yep. they had cable in there, like we had like grandfathered in cable mm. that we were not paying for, and that was mind blowing. Yeah, but and then I think it they might have had ESPN, maybe. Eli saw Picture Network or something. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were creating your own uh, video content, um, you, and you could, you could definitely see it was it, like the fact of just being on camera was what was exciting. Oh yeah, and, and it certainly I don't think I would have eaten birdseed if I wasn't 
broadcasting to the world of ESPN viewers. That's right. That's, yes. that's right. Because reality TV is not real, man. <laughs> you wouldn't have done that. That was your producer egging you on to do something like, you know, more dramatic, right? Yep. Yep. That's how reality TV works. Your parents uh, gave you guys quite a great deal of autonomy in uh, what you were trying to create. Yeah, we, we had a piano in the house. And I remember we, we t- I talked to, with mom about this not, not too long ago about like, oh, I wish I had gotten you lessons. I'm like, I wouldn't have taken lessons. That would have been fun. I just wanted to mess around. And like they mm-hmm. let us mess around it sort of, and, and appreciated it on, on that level. Yeah, yeah. I know, like only only later after, after having I probably as a teenager did I start reflecting on, oh, like other parents are strict and they like get in your business. <laughs> Yeah, it was an environment in which there was music. There were guitars and piano and mom did recorder and sang and dad brought out the guitar and played songs for us when we were little. And um, Yeah, famously, it, they, they were in a uh, recorder and guitar band that paid in illicit substances for, for a show they did. Did they really? <laughs> yeah. Is there a name for this uh, I, outfit? I don't know. I think it was just them. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, you have both been uh, far too uh, kind with your time to uh, be on this uh, episode of Lost and Rewound. Um, thank you, really, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys uh, for, for being such menches. This is an awesome opportunity to dive back and sort of remember some of those times. And like, I hadn't listened to a lot of that the music in ages and yeah dude so it's fun to be able to just go back and revisit and be in that same mindset that i was in when making those things and and you know during a pandemic when i haven't had those opportunities to be creative and and revisiting these things has been really awesome is there anywhere <laughs> else eli that uh, your music can be heard other than uh, aforementioned subcontinents.bandcamp.com yeah uh yeah the main band is little hustle that's at little hustle nyc.com yes for some more polished indie rock hell yeah I'm so happy that you guys are still uh, kicking and making music. I, I uh, wasn't sure if you guys were uh, off uh, because of the pandemic, but uh, we're, I'm ha- we're all in baby hiatus. Expect us to come back strong. Love it. Eli and Saul Jacobowitz, uh, yeah. my uh, cousins uh, from uh, one uh, great, great uh, part of the family that uh, I appreciate very much. All of you guys I love very much, and uh, I miss you all very much. And uh, let's definitely uh, convene in person again soon. Love you too. Love you too, And that will about do it for this week's edition. My thanks again to my cousins. If you're interested in hearing more episodes from the distant past, dating all the way back even to five years ago when we just about began on this RFB journey, check out RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash LAR for the archive. We're also up on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, in the meantime, this has been episode 252 of LNR, and uh, next week we will be back with a brand new episode, a special episode, um, maybe not from here, maybe from here, who knows? We'll catch you here next week. In the meantime, black lives matter, black trans lives matter, always find ways to dismantle white supremacy and systemic racism, and for fuck's sake, stop the AAPI hate. Goodbye.
What are you doing over there, Elon? Let's see. Play like this. Yeah, I win. All right.